Hello out there and welcome to another episode of What's Your Story? Coming to you from a snowy Rochester, New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm Michael DeLulio alongside Deborah Luna. Good morning, good morning. Uh, so our topic today, Deborah, I think goes by many different names. Mm-hmm. So you might hear virtual sales, inside sales, some might even still call it telemarketing. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you hear those things, does it all sound like lumped into the same category to you? Or uh, Yeah, I would say so, especially, you know, here at, at Paychex, I think a lot of those terms are sort of synonymous with each other for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, and I think the interesting interesting part is it's a function that's undergone significant change, I think, not just at paychecks, but over the last five, 10 years, technology has enabled people to do things differently, mm-hmm. better, more efficient. Yeah. And the uh, way customers want to do businesses has been evolving and shifting. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep, definitely a big driver. So to shed some light on how virtual sales has grown here at Paycheck specifically, we're excited to talk with Vince Blasio today, uh, who as of January is the Director of Sales Development for Virtual Sales. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. Congratulations on Thank the you. new role and welcome right. to the show. Appreciate it. Glad to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so I thought it might sound really obvious, but just by defining what virtual sales is uh, at Paychex to you. So specifically, the difference between traditional outside sales and virtual or inside sales. So yeah. someone doesn't know. Yeah, absolutely. So let me just first start by saying traditional outside sales is still paramount to the success of, of the organization, but it's a little bit more channel focus and, and upmarket focus. So if you want to think about the difference between virtual and field, virtual is sales via technology, uh, with a very uh, continuous type of, of process. So it's something where you can have uh, from a prospect having an interest to getting a presentation uh, to closing a deal all within perhaps 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. We're outside sales, obviously, uh, there's a little bit more of that windshield time and, and more of a negotiation that may take place in person. However, that's needed when you have complex deals, uh, higher revenue at stake and and uh, businesses that that may have you know multiple entities and, and that type of a thing. So inside sales, it's fast. Uh, it leverages technology and it goes the way a buyer may want to buy, especially in this Amazon type uh, environment that we're in. Outside sales is is the one that's really going to be focused on generating higher revenue and, and dealing with comp, uh, complex clients. Yeah, that's a great explanation. So I want to see play a little true or false with you. Um, so Game this, time. This Game isn't, time, Vince. This, okay. <laughs> All right. Here's an excerpt from uh, October 2019 Harvard Business Review. Here's the quote. It says, inside sales has muscled its way into serving larger customers with complex needs. Also, inside salespeople who once performed only simple tasks like generating leads, getting renewals, are doing more complex steps such as assessing customer needs, crafting solutions, closing sales. Agree? Disagree? I would say agree in the industry, disagree a little bit uh, within within paychecks. Not that we can't go complex if we need to. Uh, however, we have a very polished, very successful sales force uh, of close to 3,000 people that can deal with the more complex situations out in the field. And the, the beauty of virtual is because it's so efficient, there's the, the lower end of the market uh, and some technology products that really you don't need a face-to-face uh, sales process. So for, for paychecks, what works well uh, to really bookend the process is that you've got virtual that's fast, what we call speed to lead. So very efficient, uh, able to do everything with technology. And you've got the field for things like the major markets division mm-hmm. and up market and PEO and, and those, again, price negotiations and a more complex buying process. So I would say that in the industry, you do have inside sales that sometimes uh, will do everything cradle to grave. Uh, with a bigger deal, but with paychecks, because we've got two strong sales forces on either end, mm-hmm. we don't really need to have inside salespeople push too far 
up market or deal with too many of the bigger complex deals because of the presence we have still in our, our brick and mortars. And so how is that determined? So I think that's a really sort of unique perspective that, you know, you have this inside sales that can just go, go, go on these, you know, maybe mm -hmm. more simple, um, straightforward conversations. How is that line drawn uh, internally? What are those sort of um, those benchmarks or, or those guardrails that the, the virtual sales team stays within? Um, and, and how do they determine that? How are we getting those different avenues of business and how do we keep them separated? Yeah, so it's twofold. So one, you've got geographic alignment. So there are pockets of the country because they're more remote uh, and they're more than 100 miles from a branch that will be owned by virtual sales because that's the best way to penetrate that market. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make a lot of sense for somebody to drive an hour and a half to go meet with a two-person company sure. or to go sell something uh, that, that doesn't have that much of a revenue. There's there's not as strong of a, an ROI when somebody can call them and do the entire thing uh, over the phone. So some of it's geographic segmentation. Some of it is technology-based. So as a field person, if I'm selling payroll or I'm selling major markets payroll, I'm going to be really focused on that and driving business there. I'm not necessarily going to be a SME in time and attendance mm -hmm. uh, or merchant services since we have individuals uh, that that is all they sell. It makes sense for the field to be focused on their key market and then for virtual sales to handle the, the one that is a little bit more in the weeds of technology. To be a, a super rep, so to speak, and, and sell, sell all of that when we've got over 80 products becomes really difficult. Mm -hmm. So blending uh, the segmentations and the ability to refer back and forth and, and have somebody come in and, and give a full uh, product scope to, to the individual and into the business the right way mm -hmm. blends the world of virtual sales and, and outside sales together. Yeah, that's really interesting. And I have to say last week, I was actually in the new uh, virtual sales and NSS building mm -hmm. over um, on the other side of town. And we were there because we're, uh, depending on when you're listening to this, uh, we were filming some videos for our partner with our partnership mm -hmm. with the Muse. And we were interviewing a lot of folks from the virtual sales team. And I have to say the space that they're in now is phenomenal and as as i was walking through it it has like a like a heartbeat like a yeah, pulse a to it yeah it yeah, totally has, has a, a vibe. vibe it does so talk to us a little bit about that vibe what is that and how do you cultivate it in the virtual sales team yep so probably the the biggest factor in, in any successful sales group especially an inside sales group is going to be that that create a motivating environment we tell every leader when they come in their responsibility uh, is to hire hire strong talent coach and develop those people and create a motivating environment. If you do those things, you're going to be successful. So we do, we, it isn't a, a crazy situation where we're out there um, being super loud and people may picture us smashing gongs and doing all <laughs> sorts were not, of things I like that. I saw nary a gong. Yeah, yeah no, I did not that. see any gongs. So it's not, it's not in terms of being super loud and, and all that. It is though hiring talented people that have a positive mindset, yeah. fit the culture, and that if leadership uh, builds on that and, and creates that motivating environment, then that buzz is in the air. Uh, individuals are up and moving around. It's a, it's a nice space. It's expansive. Mm -hmm. uh, you can interact with everybody. So the, the key part of that building is you can stand on one end and see all the way to the other. You can wave to people. You can you can interact versus having to go down hallways and kind of weave your way through. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's a nice space. It's open. Plus, it's bright. Yeah. A lot of windows, a lot of natural light coming in, and it just fosters that, that type of environment that works really well, especially for, for inside sales. I mean, it is a competitive environment They're you know, they're going sure. towards goals and they have their, um, you know, their day-to-day -day challenges that come along with right. being uh, goal oriented. So I think having that camaraderie and knowing that it's, it's a collaborative competition and not, right. you know, a sort of, uh, 
dog eat dog type of a vibe, I think is is yeah. um, a, a testament to the leadership over yeah. there. So and it's it's huge for recruiting. So yeah. unemployment rate is lower mm-hmm. than it's been in a in a very long time. And so when you have individuals coming out of college, they have in their head a picture of Google. Yeah. And that's what everybody pictures coming out of out of school. So if you go to something that's an environment that's a little bit more sterile, mm-hmm. it may not necessarily give that person a picture in their head of what they thought they would be doing. When you walk into that type of a building and it's got a little bit more flash and it's it's got a nice look to it and it's it's more appealing, it gives the candidate a sense of, of where they're going to work. And it does make a difference. And we've had a number of people actually comment on how nice the facility is. And, and that is an impact when you're recruiting people. Yeah. yeah. And speaking of coming out of college, someone else came out of college and started working in this spectacular organization. Michael, do you know anyone who may have done that? Uh, if you'll humor me. I will humor you. Uh, <laughs> tee me up much more than that. Um, so yeah, um, this is a great conversation because I can't help but compare to when I started at Paychex in 2010. Mm-hmm. And my first job was in national sales support, which uh, virtual sales today. And to kind of uh, maybe play a little bit of a then and now type of a game here with Vince. Sure. So so we talked about this a little bit from a people standpoint, and if my memory serves, I want to say maybe at the time in, in national sales support, there were 100 core uh, cold calling mm-hmm. uh, outbound NSRs, and then maybe another 100 who were you know calling current customers to right. uh, sell human resource type services. Um, what does that look like today, especially now with we have this whole other presence in uh, in Phoenix right. uh, with, with uh, right. virtual sales? What does that look like today? Yeah, so under the umbrella of national sales support, it's really split into two. So there's national sales support and there's sales development. Sales development is more of a multi-touch nurturing approach. It's a way to, to approach businesses uh, with earning the right to have a conversation with them versus a traditional cold call. So cold calling still works in certain segments, but the growth is really in the sales development realm. So under national sales support, we've got about 230 people in Rochester that focus on everything. Now, SMB, uh, we do uh, health and benefits support. We have inbound, outbound uh, across all channels. We also have a presence in Phoenix to have a West Coast presence. Uh, Then we have a sales development group uh, that's in Allentown, Pennsylvania, that focuses on major markets. Uh, and also underneath the umbrella is an Oasis PEO group uh, that is in Sarasota, Florida. So when you wrap it all up together under the national sales support slash sales development umbrella, it's about 280 individuals uh, across the country in those four particular cities uh, that do any type of lead gen uh, whether it's inbound or, or outbound type of lead generation. Mm-hmm. And do we, I'm assuming this would be an obvious yes, but maybe it's more complicated. So with the different, you know, four different areas now, are there, are we sort of leveraging the more local, like regional knowledge maybe from those, like are they focused on calling people in their particular region or is it more based on what they're talking about or selling and that kind of thing? It, it's more based on a, a strategic alignment with with the field. So in Allentown, for example, those are sales development representatives partnered up with key major markets representatives. So you take strength of a of a person in sales development and the strength of a high performing uh, major markets individual, and you have sort of this Navy SEALs team approach where you put strong with strong and drive the business that way. Uh, in Florida, similar. With the PEO, they are really centrally focused on uh, everything in the Oasis structure. Mm-hmm. So their task is to help Oasis uh, grow revenue by by generating opportunities there. So more than just the local pocket, uh, it's more of an alignment of who are the strong representatives that that need this level of support for enterprise type type deals. 
Interesting. And what about from a technology standpoint? We talked right off the top about how um, telephone sales has changed tremendously because of all the things we can do with technology now. <laughs> when I was uh, making cold calls, I know we were leveraging it was you know Oracle screens yeah. and that sort of a thing. And since then, uh, I know we've really put our arms all the way around Salesforce and are using that a lot more for tracking. And um, what does that look like? Yeah. It, so it's changed radically. So we do we do utilize Salesforce through everything, but we've got technology now. Uh, where you could, whether it's, you can send an email and a person can pick a time for a demo and it emails it back and puts it on the, the calendar. Uh, we have the ability to do, of course, screen shares, electronic signatures. I can actually use technology within a lead gen world that says to call landscapers and have them pop up if it's raining in the Northeast because they're not out mowing lawns. Wow. So you can actually use How things cool that are that? called neuralytics and, and neuralytics. then you get buying behaviors and, and call a city that just won a sports championship because the buying behaviors are higher due to that being a more positive mindset versus avoid a city where they just lost a sports championship. So you can actually get in uh, to the, the, the brain of the individual that you're calling and actually make calls based on weather patterns and sports outcomes. So it's a, That's it's a totally, it's totally different than <laughs> it used to so be. Cool. Yeah. It's a lot of wild technology out neurolytics. there. Neurolytics. When I leave then, this room, how can you leverage neurolytics yeah. in recruiting? That will be my Google search. Yeah. So we do a lot of technology. <laughs> We're testing something now um, that is a call analyzation tool that that allows me to listen to every call that that's been made, and I can search, for example, tell me anytime in the last 30 days anybody used the term discount, or tell me anytime in the last 30 days anybody said this particular line. It will pull up all of those calls, and then I can take snippets of those calls and send them to the reps. I can see patterns of who's speaking when. Uh, how much time did they pause between when this, the prospect ended a sentence before they started? Mm. They're supposed to have a 0.8 second gap. If it's less than that, it means you're stepping on their heels too much. So you can actually look at speech patterns in, in an entirely different set of, of technology than we've used in the past. That's incredible. Wow. Yeah, that's a whole new level of uh, measurement and analytics. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. just I just remember uh, Daniela Harris telling me uh, in my reviews and tape with her that Michael, uh, you you didn't even actually close on any of these calls we just listened <laughs> yeah. to. So that's what and I she would rewind the tape recorder and, and then hit play again and have to right. do that. Yeah. Let's go to the videotape. Yep. Yeah, that was my that was my cue. I needed to get into the communication. <laughs> yeah. uh, See, it was just it was a perfect segue for you to you find find the role that you're in now. That's so, awesome. <laughs> um, really quick, so we've kind of focused on things that have changed quite a bit uh, in five, 10 years, but I, I, I would be remiss if I did not touch on something that, so uh, things that might've stayed the same. So person who hired me into paychecks, mm -hmm. uh, supervisor Melinda Ward at NSS. Yeah. And uh, as far as I can remember from those days, the only guarantees people say in life are, you know, death taxes and Melinda's team smiling and dialing harder than anyone else. Yeah. Is, that, is that still the same there? Yeah, it is in a different capacity. So Melinda's got an extreme talent uh, in, in what we do in national sales support. And if you may have heard of this large initiative within the organization called Demand Gen, which is really revolutionizing the way that we go to market from a marketing to sales connection. And with all of the urgency for us to be uh, a, a, a game on coaching and inspection and driving the business, uh, Melinda actually shifted to the inbound side of national sales support to take all of what she had built and all of those best practices and help us bring inbound to the next level. And and right now, uh, inbound is is uh, flowing very well. And she partners up with an individual named Pat Jenkins to to run that part of it. Uh, and and that is a very efficient, very successful part of national sales support. So yes, that success and tradition certainly has continued. All right. awesome. Well, I had to yeah, at least give the shout yeah, out. Little, still, still appreciate it. Thanks, shout thanks, out. Thanks, Melinda. Thanks, Melinda. If you're listening, we know you are. 
Um, Deborah, any other questions? No, this has been uh, really an eye-opening, fascinating conversation. I mean, I think we all know that, you know, Paychex has such a robust and dynamic sales organization, but to know how much is happening under the hood of that that engine that's that's driving the company forward is is really quite fascinating. Yeah. So thank you for uh, for sharing your insights. Yeah, no, happy to. Very yeah. happy. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. All right, thanks, Vince. All right. This podcast is property of Paychex Inc. 2020, all rights reserved.